HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, this is Michael Harlan Turkel reporting from the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. And I'm here today with... Dana Peck. And Dana, I know you have a table called Render here, and it's a really amazing collaboration with local chefs and making products that come out of their restaurants or their restaurant minds mm-hmm. and bringing it to the retail public. But let's talk about your past and <laughs> these cooking classes you took in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Sure. And that's how you got into this world. Yeah, yeah. well, I started off at you know, five and six years old in the restaurant kitchens of Tavern on the Green. Back in the day, iconic New York restaurants. I remember making uh, waffle cups and chocolate ice cream and learning how to batonet things, um, which was a ton of fun. And so I started there, just got obsessed with it, took as many classes as I could as a kid, and then kind of maxed out what you can do as a kid in a cooking class situation. So someone recommended to me that I should just call some chefs and see if they'd let me come in and work with them in their restaurants. So and this was like to the mid or late 90s. And I feel like staging at restaurants was a very different thing than it is now. Yeah. Um, which were the ones that you defined you wanted to be in and why? Yeah. So I've been a pastry person my whole life. So the sweet side of things is where I wanted to be. And so there were a handful of pastry chefs out there that I really admired. And so I figured, you know, if we're just going to cold call people <laughs> to see if they're going to let me come work with them, why not start at the top? Exactly. Right? And so um, there's a pastry chef at the time named Larry Hayden, who was the pastry chef at Union Square Cafe. And so I called him. This is probably 1993 or so. And uh, asked, to, you know, pitched him the idea. Um, I was young at the time, so he had asked me to come down so he could meet with me first, probably make sure that I wasn't going to blow anything up in the kitchen. Um, and you know, we had a nice chat and fortunately got along very well. And so he invited me to come spend some time with him in the kitchen. And fortunately, that went very well. We had a great time. Union Square Cafe uh, has a very small kitchen. And the pastry kitchen in particular was essentially just spinning around in place. Yeah, and you got to make all those bar nuts too. (laughs) Absolutely, yep. And the the ice cream freezers were up a spiral staircase and down a hall, so it was a a small, challenging environment. And so Danny Meyer, who was one of the owners of Union Square Cafe, uh, thought that it went very well, um, but that Union Square Cafe wasn't set up for a longer term. Uh, collaboration and allowing me to be there on a longer term basis. So he introduced me to Claudia Fleming at Gramercy Tavern. Another luminary, yes. uh, One of 
the best, if not one of my culinary icons in pastry. She's phenomenal. Um, and Gramercy fortunately had a larger pastry department and, and a lot of work on its hands, so I was very fortunate to spend a number of summers in high school working with Claudia Fleming at Gramercy Tavern. Not to fast forward a couple decades, but yeah. you're doing a similar thing, but you're in the driver's seat now. <laughs> or you, you're in yeah. the seat where you say, I want to work with you and this is how we collaborate. Are you choosing restaurants and chefs and food in the same way that you were back then, saying, I want to be here and this is who I want to work with? Absolutely. Um, I'm very fortunate. My partners at Render are some of the best chefs and R&D scientists in the world. All of us have worked in Michelin star restaurants around the world. Um, and we have great relationships with people that we greatly admire, our culinary heroes and icons, and people who we think are doing the most innovative, cutting-edge things in food. And we felt like those access to that level of inspiration and creativity shouldn't be limited to the four walls of a restaurant, that we should have greater access and provide better food to more people. And so what we wanted to do was find a, a better way to collaborate with those chefs and create a new creative outlet for them so that we could take ideas of things they do in their restaurants and really work together to transform them into products that we could sell into retail that people could enjoy anywhere, anytime. Looking from the outside in, it, it, it's odd to think that there are limitations within a restaurant seeing how creative a community it is uh -huh. these days, but there are spatially, there are... Um, economically, Absolutely. physically, mentally, and that's where Render kind of comes in to, yeah. to extract those ideas and make them more of a reality. Absolutely. And chefs are passionate people. They went into this business not to figure out the fastest way to make as much money as possible, <laughs> but to make great food and feed people. And there are realities with restaurants. It is difficult to feed large quantities of people high quality food all the time. And so they have their restaurant environments and they have incredible ways of doing that for their customers every night. But that has to be, by definition, a limited group of people. So there's always an interest and desire of feeding more people, of getting out there and expanding that reach and, and getting their food into the hands of more consumers. And so Render is really designed to help foster that kind of access and collaboration. Well, they also need that business-minded logistical person. And <laughs> Between those two reference points, you cooking in New York and you starting Render, yeah. you spent time as a lawyer, and I feel I like that equipped you with that kind of, you know, analytical thought process to be able to help these people along. What For did sure. you do in that capacity in law, um, yeah. and how did that parlay into? Yeah, I was, I was a corporate lawyer and very purposely went into corporate law because I wanted to gain a lot of experience helping companies to form and grow and get through a corporate life cycle. So I wanted to spend my time learning from CEOs and CFOs and general counsels and others about what it takes to, to build a successful business and wanted to be that advisor for them. And so I got to work with all the big tech companies, small tech companies in the Bay Area and beyond, helping them to think through those stages of life, working with them on financings and incorporations and mergers and acquisitions and all things in between. So Let's yell at your partner over here. Okay. Eliza, you mind grabbing Ali over there? Ali's right there. So 
I feel like this maybe is yeah. your dynamic with him that you do all the work <laughs> and he just kind of saunters <laughs> in at the end. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, he is incredibly <laughs> hardworking. It is amazing that we couldn't find him in that Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, ha- having all these different stages in your life uh, kind of equip you to be able to run a business that wears all those hats for a restaurant. Yeah. Um, it must be like this felicity for people like State Bird or Dick Bala and Courtney Burns to have you as an outlet now? Or do you feel that same love and admiration to be able to work with them? Oh, it's incredibly mutual. If not, we have greater admiration and love for them than they do of us. Uh, I doubt that's true. (laughs) I think it's symbiotic here. (laughs) It's meant to be symbiotic. It's meant to be a way for us all to get to work together. I mean, at the core of Render was a desire on both our part and the chefs we work with's part to collaborate together. Um, the ex- that creative experience is incredibly rewarding and fulfilling for all of us, and the end result is some pretty incredible products. Um, you know, we're previewing two new products here today, the ones we're working on with Nick and Courtney, and at least the feedback I've been getting is that it's people, it's blowing people's minds. It's some of the best stuff they've had here all day. So. Um, it's not surprising that when you work with these caliber of chefs and the, the type of uh, creativity and innovation that they possess, that we're going to be making some pretty standout products together. What is the elevator pitch of Wayla and Briner, and what makes them so special in the market? <laughs> um, so what's great about them is a, a few different things. One is that they have an incredible sustainability story behind them. Um, the Waylas are made with repurposed whey from artisanal cheese and yogurt making. And we blend that with fruit and spices and florals and carbonate it to make this really beautifully, naturally sweet, aromatic, effervescent beverage with no added sugar. And the briners repurpose pickle brine from artisanal pickle making. And we blend that with vegetables and spices and make this super incredible, savory, briny, spiced beverage. Um, what's great about Render overall is that we actually lend a level of transparency to our brand that I think others find harder to achieve because with every product we make, you actually know the names of the people who crafted this food. These are people you trust. These are people who have incredible restaurants, who have won awards, who know food better than anybody else. It's not Bob the food scientist who made your food. It's the people who people out there covet restaurant reservations for and the food of. And so not only can you know exactly who made your food and Google and learn all about them, you can go to their restaurants and have more of it there. Um, everything we do is highly clean label, transparent, delicious, innovative, and differentiated. So with Courtney Burns, Wayla is a whey drink with whole fruit puree and it's carbonated with Nick Bala. Briner is um, pickle brine, vegetables, spices. Now, I love your book. Ingredients <laughs> is an amazing book for, for many a reasons. Um, it teaches people what ingredients really are, and it shows the gamut and latitude of what they can do. I think you're doing the same thing with these products as well because they don't fit the soda soft drink space. They don't fit the, this space. So yeah. what is this new sp- space you're trying to create, and how are you trying to educate people of what these products are? Uh, it, it's food made with food. Um, <laughs> It, what's what's really cool is is like uh, with state birdseed, um, it's a it's a cluster of crispy stuff, and the industry standard for making clusters of crispy stuff is tapioca syrup or honey or gums and thickeners and things like that, 
and we were making a quinoa-based snack. So we're like, it makes sense to bind this stuff together with quinoa. So we did a lot of fun development to figure out a proprietary way to do that. Not necessarily because we had some dogmatic crusade about, uh, we, we want people to eat clean label food and what, uh, sure, we wanted more quinoa flavor. <laughs> we wanted more nuttiness, we wanted more savoriness. We didn't want to miss an opportunity to make the thing punch you in the mouth um, by just adding thickeners and bulkers. There's, we have nothing against those ingredients. It just turns out that the best way to make really densely flavorful food is to use more of it. And so um, with the Wela, we wanted to give more body to it uh, without overloading it with sugar. And so I don't know if we would ever fathom going with stevia or going with um, a no. gum or thickener or something. Again, not because we think it's going to kill you, no, but because those like things either don't taste good <laughs> yeah. or they don't taste at all. And so using whey, I mean, whey has proteins, it has natural carbs, it has stuff in it that makes things feel thicker, more substantial, more refreshing in a way that, that feels clean and releases aromas into your nose really, really well. And the other thing was when we, when we make the Wailas um, and the Briners, um, we're steeping things like tarragon and fennel seeds and juniper berries. We're steeping that stuff directly in the drink. And it's amazing how much rounder of a picture of what juniper tastes like you get from steeping that juniper in whey than in pure water. Whey has fat, it has protein, it has all these things I was talking about that are all different landing pads for accommodating all of the different peaks and valleys of the flavor of these cool aromatics that we're putting in the beverage. So it's like, yeah, it's a great story, it's a great environmental thing, it's something for people to feel cool about. It also is just a sneaky way to get delicious flavor into a liquid. Yeah, but and those flavors are still well-known, though. It's not like someone's going to taste Briner or Wela or even the Stateburg Gorilla and say, I don't know what these things are. Right, yeah. right. No, it's meant to be approachable, but we also want to help people expand their culinary horizons a little bit, try really interesting things. Um, so, for instance, one of the Briner flavors is beet horseradish which is an awesome flavor combination. People maybe aren't as used to drinking that in a beverage, but it's really good. And not only is it great on its own, it makes a killer Bloody Mary, right? And so for reasons we don't understand, people have only been making Bloody Marys with tomato-based beverages. Yeah. That it seems highly limiting to us. <laughs> There's a whole universe out there. Yeah. And so a beet horseradish Bloody Mary is pretty awesome. The other thing I wanted to say to Ali's point is that both the, the Wela is naturally sweet and delicious. There's no added sugar. And when people drink it, they say, this is awesome. It's not overly sweet. And it's not overly sweet because of the approach we take to making really balanced, creative food. We're very thoughtful about the right way to blend things together to give that refreshing strawberry flavor and blueberry flavor without being overly sweet and cloying. People taste the briner and they say, that's incredible. That's super savory. I thought it was going to be overly salty because you told me it has pickle brine in it. It's not. It's incredibly balanced and it actually has less sodium than most of its counterparts out there. And the point is, if you are thoughtful about the food you use and the ingredients and you blend them thoughtfully and balance your flavors, you're going to end up inherently with really great food that ha is going to have the kind of ingredient label and nutritionals that you want anyway. Thoughtful seems to be the dictum of what you try to do and sustainability and repurposing. So are you looking for chefs in that 
in that realm, or are you trying to find chefs who make delicious food and tell them what they can do to repurpose and make themselves and their food more sustainable? It, it's funny. Um, chefs in that realm is really just chefs. It, it's When you talk to chefs about repurposing waste streams, for them, there may be some that spin it into an environmental thing, and there are certainly chefs who have provided great examples for how to be more sustainable. But every chef does that because they have a bottom line to hold. And like when Nick was making and continues to make fermented pickles, he's not gonna throw away that much flavor in the brine. That, that needs to get swirled into sauces and incorporated into brines for, uh, I don't know, fried chicken. Like there's, there's just a savvy problem solving nature of chefs and it happens to overlap really well with the sustainability agenda. Um, and in general, um, when we meet with chefs, um, first of all, the, the first couple of rounds of chefs that we've worked with are people that we've known for years, that we've had consulting relationships and just friendships with um, for a long time. And uh, there are dozens of things at State Bird Provisions. There are dozens of things that Nick and Courtney had developed at Bar Tartine and now at Duna that would be amazing things to share with the world. Our goal when we uh, work with a chef to figure out what we're gonna scale is what, knowing what we know, reading the room and being able to tell what we can scale without compromise. So there were plenty of things at State Bird that we, we could take out there and, and bring into the world. State Bird Seed was a thing that we could source the exact same caliber of ingredients they wanted. Again, we could find a way to make it all out of quinoa and nuts and seeds and spices. We wouldn't have to bring in preservatives or thickeners or anything to adulterate it just because the product was naturally built uh, to be sturdy enough for scale. Same thing with these beverages. Um, they are already acidic, so they're uh, easy to make safe for sitting on a shelf without having to add um, uh, a bunch of different preservatives or put them in a giant pressure canner and cook the crap out of them. They're, they're, they were ready to go. And so I think we feel really firmly that we're never just gonna slap somebody's face on a jar of sauce and be like, this is your product now. These are our friends' food, and we wanna help them uh, select and curate what they try to bring out by being able to tell them this is already built to last. I mean, categorically, you already have a snack and a beverage. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> uh, the world is our oyster with what's next. So it's um, oysters. <laughs> so it's it's going to be canned. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, we're talking to a number of really incredible chefs right now who have really interesting ideas that cross confections, condiments, other snacks. Uh, sauces, more beverages, more beverages. So there, there's a we have a lot of really great potential in the pipeline that we're excited to work on. And to, to Ali's point, the the purpose of Render was really to to find a way for people who have deep culinary roots, us, and deep product development expertise, which is us, and pairing it and allowing us to collaborate with incredibly talented chefs who we have these relationships with, who we were collaborating with anyway, but it, we just wanted to focus it in a way that we could create things that we could share with more people. Um, and so this brand is meant to be, first and foremost, supportive of chefs and raising the level of food that we're bringing to, to CPG and to retail. So it's not about how do we just get a licensing deal with somebody and put their name on something and sell more pasta sauce because we put Nick and Courtney's face on it. 
It's about, no, how do we have this really fun, awesome collaboration with Nick and Courtney to make some really incredible beverages that don't exist on the market and get those out to more people. Um, so that's, that's what we seek to do. And to know more, people can go to renderfood.com and kind of follow this journey from yeah, the render side as well as the chefs coming in and collaborating. Absolutely. Yep. You can buy our products online. You can subscribe to our newsletter and stay in the loop. Follow um, us on Instagram for pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. pictures of that Hawaiian shirt, right? It's pictures yeah. of this yeah. and other Hawaiian yeah. shirts. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. We just put mostly big glossy photos of Ali up there. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. And everyone should get out. Try the granola, the whala, the briner, and so much more to come. And a big thank you to the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for supporting Heritage Radio on tour.